You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. hardcore podcast i'm patrick i'm bob and i am tom and you know what it is we talk hardcore music talk thing okay so there's a there's a screenwriting podcast that's been around for like i don't know 10 years where it Mm. opens with uh a podcast about screenwriting and things that are interesting to screenwriters uh this is a hardcore podcast where we talk about hardcore and things that are interesting to hardcore kids. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah, most, I mean, some of it's not interesting to anybody except for the three of us. Although. Not even the three of us. Tom. <laughs> that's fine, too. Tom. Yes. You will, you will notice this. This I don't think Bob listens. Would you say that we have a healthier podcast, if not as financially profitable, healthier than the Joe Budden podcast at this moment? Oh, they seem to be falling apart. Falling apart. What's happening? Bob, Rory, I think is I haven't listened to all of them just because they put out like I feel like we put out a lot of content. They're like twice a week, three hours at a clip. Yeah, that's what work. us pros got to do. You know what I mean? I mean, they're also millionaires off of it. So I that's mean, what us millionaires off of it got to do. You know what I mean? It's a lot. <laughs> so but like I think Rory, like who's like the redhead dude, mm. I feel like he went through a div- is getting like or he has gotten broken up with. Uh, mm. I, if uh, well, okay. He bought a home with a girl, uh, an apartment with like the girl or a fiance. He was dating the either the woman he was dating or his fiance, and that sounds like it's not happening. Two or three of the dudes had COVID at one point. So Mall is very Trumpian. I, it's all kinds of crazy. <laughs> so, but that the Trumpian, the Trump Mall Trump was my favorite aspect of the show because they would just scramble when he would get too deep in it. They'd be like, all right, all right, all right, keep it, let's get, let's keep it moving. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> very, very funny. But so, Bob, here's the deal. Uh, if you read the comments section, you get a, a picture uh, by all the comment troll types. That, mm. and this is true. This part I can attest to. Rory is going through something, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't. Hmm. All right, we got to do ad reads and i'd like to do them oh you're gonna, gonna do a little tease a, i'm gonna make this tease. i'm gonna make this really quick though okay. well, you want to do it afterwards let's yeah let's do let's do the ad reads we'll let's be back have. right after this what's really going on with rory <laughs> right after the words with these sponsors i can uh, do guys. the love and hip-hop voice that they use oh please yeah, do. Yeah, yeah do it <laughs> what's really going on with rory more after this because they do this like what if she was with mendices and he this is one thing he uses all the time and i don't know what they're talking about 
Yo, uh, today we are going to keep it brief. Y'all stick with us through the ads. And from what we hear from our sponsors, you actually listen, pay attention, pay respect to them. So major kudos to everybody who listens and checks out the stuff we read. Uh, we don't get canned shit. We read shit that we make up from ourselves and, and think and feel and all that shit, which feels right. Um, check out every play. <laughs> but on the real, uh, shout out to Run for Cover Records, Death Wish Inc., To Live a Lie, and Closed Casting Activities. They support us. They're awesome. We hope you support them. Today, we're just going to do quick shout out to their digital arms their Bandcamp pages. Uh, mm. Now, I, I imagine a lot of people who listen to this podcast stream music uh, through whatever service, through YouTube, whatever, um, maybe already through Bandcamp and are very familiar. I, I bet most of you do. But if you're not, um, Patrick, can you talk about Bandcamp and the service it provides? Sure. Uh, Bandcamp is probably the most equitable uh, means of uh, making money digitally at this time, aside from maybe just sending me money on the low th- through a friends and family on PayPal. <laughs> um, it is uh, just, it's a smaller platform and it's not meant for streaming per se, or, or not meant for playlist streaming of any type. It's, uh, it's really just, you seek it out, you listen to it, you pay for it if you care to. You can also put up your, uh, this is weird that I'm explaining what fucking Bandcamp is in 2021, but just in case anybody doesn't know, you can also uh, use it as a uh, a, a physical goods platform uh, as well. That's right. And I don't know what their cut is there or how that works, but uh, it all looks like uh, it works out well for the as another income stream for many people. And I urge you to avail yourself to it because... I'm the last person alive, to my knowledge, that still really values MP3s over streaming platforms. So, um, with that said, Tom, Bandcamp, helpful to you, helpful to all of us to not just discover new music, but be able to check stuff out. Would you co-sign that? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know, especially like for bands that are just getting off the ground. I think that's the place to find it rather than any streaming kind of, you know, like if you put out a demo, you're not necessarily going to have your demo on fucking Spotify, Spotify right, sure. right from the get go, you know, so you can definitely put Few it up there. Between. I think, yeah. yeah, the prices like, you know, you could download a full record, you know, and it's, and it's not, it's not a dollar 29 per song or whatever. Like no, they, it's, they it's give you like, a decent, yeah. And they allow you to kind of name some artists, at least allow you to kind of name your price. Mm hmm. So if For you sure. want to support the artist a little bit more, and you want to like, you know what, this record, I'm going to give them 20 bucks rather than 10 you have that option, which is pretty cool. That's exactly the, the vibe. Um, so in that spirit, all four of our label sponsors have Bandcamp pages. Uh, quite often, this is a great way not just to s- support the artist, but also these labels. Yeah. Uh, perhaps you're familiar with Bandcamp Fridays. If you're not, look it up. They do Fridays regularly where they actually drop their fees which turns out to be kind of a, a, a moment that people platform to say, hey, this is now is the time. We're going to get an extra 10%, 15%, whatever the cut is. So um, we encourage and you. Their algorithms to- are legitimate. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Like, yeah. you know, like if you go, oh, I like Spy and you buy the Spy record. Mm-hmm. Like it'll give you something similar to Spy as like in like the like you may also like mm-hmm. blah, blah, or people bought this, also bought this. And it's not kind of like. 
There's still payola going on in some of the other places. No payola, and there's no – yeah, I actually totally agree. That's I didn't think of that. Their algorithms have enabled me to discover a lot more new music, and it could be from something new to you to something even more new. But even if you're going through, and especially on some of these labels that are more established, all all four of the label sponsors that we work with are pretty established, you'll be able to find new music even just from streaming or going to one of your favorite records through this. So uh, I encourage you to go to runforcoverrecords.bandcamp.com. I encourage you to go to deathwishing.bandcamp.com. Go to tolivealie.bandcamp.com. Last but definitely not least, go to closedcasketactivities.bandcamp.com. Cheat code, sometimes clicking on, as Patrick alluded to, the physical media stuff that's available if you go through most of these the top tab there's a merch button not yeah. all but many that can be a little sneaky way to get limited records that aren't available on the main website very so, true i bought shirts that way too uh, very good yeah so uh everybody please thank you to our sponsors and go support their band camps as well as their their main sites all right uh back after these messages patrick tell us what's really going on with rory <coughs> All right, I want you guys to help me focus uh, because I'm going to be taking us in a couple different directions. Shocking. You, you know how I'm the the edgy 15-year-old on, on this podcast? The edgelord, as they say, yes. The edgelord. <clears throat> I finally reached the upper limit of edgelord. Uh, I you topped out. On, I, went to, I went on to 8chan for the first time. Whoa. That's double 4chan. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, and it feels like it. Uh, it's now called wow. eight, it's now called eight cun, by the way. And uh, <laughs> why now? Are you are you familiar with with the eight chan story? It's pretty. Nope. I mean, give it to us real quick. There's a figure who uh, co-developed it. He's given the credit for, I guess, making it. Uh, but it's not clear if he did it with somebody else's money or what. I don't really understand the base business relationship. At any rate, this figure is very interesting to me because he has a very, very severe disability and it's shaped his life in such an interesting way. I keep reading about him. I can't stop. Uh, he's also from Albany, New York, which is very interesting to me. Of course. Um, <clears throat> Crown gem of the empire state. Yes, uh, and it, some of his Albany origin is really ultra tragic. Uh, it, Aren't they all? Got, if, I, if, I recall, right. if I recall, he got robbed, had to go to the police station. Uh, the bus didn't come. He he got hypothermia. He's he's a very again he's a severely disabled man. Yeah. But uh, he's him wrestling with the nature of his disability, and then also oh. having provided the world with this this outlet that is largely derided by, by sane people as like an outlet for Q Q uh, uh, conspiracy theorists and things like that. He, it's just such an, I can't imagine the amount of pressure that this individual has felt. He's not, a, he's not an old guy. He's a young, young dude and whatever. I find him really interesting. At any rate, I was on eight con and Jesus, I was reading the message board as part for uh, it was on a specific comedian and it was the most severe thing I'd ever read in my entire life. It was people who 
admire and kind of in some weird way worship him who also devote days of their lives to trying to destroy him. It was about the most unhealthy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and I was deeply shaken by it. And it occurred to me that for all the internet weirdos that I've dealt with in my life, I've been blessed to not reach this level. Like it's just, it, let me put it like this. You know, when you are of a thing and it's, it's kind of like being ruined by hardcore. If you're in hardcore for long enough, <clears throat> you might encounter like a social pressure within hardcore that's at odds with, with your sensibilities. Right. But you in some way might've helped shape that sensibility, that prevailing sensibility that now exists. Mm-hmm. Mackay. Yes. Great example. And that's, that's a weird place to be, but that's how, how, tell what I meant. <laughs> that's how some of these, some of these like internet comedians, content provider type people, they created a world that is way more vicious than I think they anticipated. All this is to say, I'm now going to talk about a total stranger, and I hope that everybody understands that I'm doing it just because it's in the public sphere and it's interesting, and I wish these people the best of luck. I'm not trying to fucking dance on somebody's grave. Um, so the Rory from, from the Joe Budden podcast, uh, Joe and him, and Tom, tell me if I'm wrong, Joe and him seem to be at odds. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like I said, I haven't totally listened to them as much recently. Um, they always so have Joe, this kind of, they're like me and you. Yeah, but jo- but listen, you would not appreciate me talking to you like that, and I would not appreciate you talking to me like that. Oh, has like, it been that bad? I haven't really. Fu- it's it's been bad. Like like, like I bust your chops, and it's more of like a collegial, like, hey, yeah, I'm fucking no, with you. Yeah, no, this is this is like Joe, Joe, like taking. A, like workplace anger out on his coworker in a public way. And Oh shit. And like the three of us are we're reasonable adults who get along. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not like like we still have too much like there's still things that would cause me or any of us to pause this and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, listen, I don't want to get into a whole thing. We got a job to do, but don't talk to me like that. You know what I mean? Like we, can and we've done that. It. Yeah, we've done that. We can fight about it. We can fight about it. I'd like, and you just say, it's like being in a public place and being in an argument with your significant other. You just say, Hey, when we get home, we can bark on each other like two rabid dogs, but we're in a public space. I'm in the tofu right section. Leave me alone. Yeah, it, precisely. We're, we're, in a, we're in a public place right now. I'm just trying I'm to, trying to get nachos and you're ruining this for me. Yes. And, that's how it reads. It reads like people that didn't hit the pause button to go, Hey man, just look, I, it seems like maybe we got something to talk about off air, but like, let's just be professionals right now. You know, have they said what the beef's about? So or, uh, you're not wrong. Okay. This is where it gets gossipy. Sorry, everybody that's not interested in this. I hope that we deliver a story well enough that it, it's of some interest. Uh, Rory, I'm not going to say what he was doing on his extracurricular time, but he was quote unquote exposed by DJ academics. Um, because DJ Academics says that Rory came to his house uh, and left a threatening letter. <clears throat> but oh. as you might imagine, 
DJ Academics has at least a ring ring monitor on his fucking doorbell. So, so, so I would imagine that dude gets into enough shit. He's got something to protect him. Yes, and so he saw him on, according to him, saw him on camera leaving this threatening message with, but which, by the way, everybody, everybody on this podcast and in the sound of my voice has been stupid. It's possible to be stupid, to get so mad that you behave stupidly, that you make threats to people that you. He's a young uh, kid. I mean, younger. Yeah, younger. Still, still in the twenties. Yeah, still in, still in the act like a like an idiot phase, you know. But and he's also trying to show off. Sure, and and be he just got money for the first time. He's just behaving like a little gangster, whatever. But he does that, and, and and DJ Academics takes real exception to it and then proceeds to ruin Rory's engagement to his fiance. Um, How so? Oh, give us more juice than this. Man. Wow. Um, he makes now, Bob, do you know, DJ academics? I know. I know. of. so he's like this, like kind of softer than baby shit. Chubby dude that used yeah. to do a show with Joe button. Oh yeah. 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 On, okay. on, on YouTube. That yep. was a no, huge. I, that was like a and huge I've seen thing. This dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's like a like a Twitch guy. Like he's cried on Twitch, and like he's gotten punked by like legit dudes. Yes. Yeah. The first he, YouTube like, video yeah, yeah, hit of his is uh, "Why doesn't hip hop respect DJ Academics?" Yeah, it's like oh, him and Adam Twenty Two are like kind of by Freddie Gibbs, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Right, I mean, Freddie Gibbs is from fucking Gary, Indiana. He's no joke. <laughs> like he's gonna fuck, he'll beat the shit out of academics. So, oh yeah, I mean, academics rides a very strange line. Uh, but, he's like a video game guy that happens to like have pull in hip hop. That's what it seems like to me. You know what, Tom? Here's the thing, and we've seen this with uh, with uh, DJ Academics' good friend. I don't know why I keep saying his full fucking name. So this is what like his government name is. DJ. Okay, so academics. Uh, <laughs> Is, is well, I don't know. I need to know what his job is before I yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, every time I say his name. It's like so, he's silver. He's silversmith. Okay, got it. <laughs> so his, uh, Spider-Man. He's, he's, he's tight with Takashi. And, and last night, to, yeah, uh, there you go. last night, Eric and I were watching a Takashi video and Eric said, damn, this dude's going to get killed. And I said, you know what? I bet he did the math. And he said, I could either be, I could work at a bodega and really, really have like a fairly unlit life and die at 63. Or I could be in this music video with all these girls and die from a gunshot wound at 38. Eh, you know what I mean? Eh, I'll do it. Yeah. And I think there's too many people watching that dude too. That's true. But I think DJ Academics is in this. God damn it. I think Academics is in the same. <laughs> And MC Takashi six nine. I think, uh, yeah, I think he's in the same space where <laughs> old white guys discussing rap music. Yeah, for sure. But I think he's in the same space where he did the math and he goes, "You know what? I'm soft as they come, and this is going to catch up. But I, this is my opportunity to make a few mil. And if I make it out under the wire, it's like it's like a gangster mentality. Most gangsters that I know uh, do not think that they're going the distance." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but they're just right. like. But I think academics thing is like he doesn't um, like people kind of take pity on him. Yeah, they do in a way. In a way that like no, like if someone gets a like a fair, clean shot at six nine, they're not going to hesitate. But like they're like, ah, leave Ack alone. He's like this like fucking fat loser in the basement. Like that's what it, I mean. That's the vibe I get from people that are like Joe Budden could 
had wanted to fight the guy, could just fucking beat the shit out of him. Instead, they're like, just fuck this dude. Like, leave him alone. Like, he's not even worth the time. Like, you know, right. they ignore him. That's ex- yes. that's that's true. And it's like seen as gauche to like be the young. Yeah, dude. if you're picking on somebody, come on, man. Like, yeah. how tough are you if you're picking on this guy? So, right. so this is so I'll bind this up real quick. Uh, he's threatening he, when he sees that Roy came to his house. He's like, oh, he's like, I, I Ack also gets now he's my friend. I just call him Ack. Now, Ack, now Ack, uh, <laughs> pretty Does anyone have Adderall that they can spare for Pat? <laughs> Ack, Ack, like, uh, he, he, he's, he's like, go have a conversation with your fiance tonight because another goddamn thing out of you. And I'm going, uh, she's going to walk out the goddamn door. No questions asked. Don't make me do it. And then he's drinking more, drinking more. And then he lets it all oh, out, no. oh, which no. is basically, uh, this guy's mistress isn't, isn't the most faithful mistresses and was over at Axe house. And, uh, it, it, uh, that's the, that's what academics alleges. Uh, and it looks like Rory's relationship is falling apart. Okay. Nobody's business. More, but that might put a stress on things. But what seems yeah. clear is that uh, uh, Rory is not happy with his workplace environment, and there is some discrepancy about where the Patreon money is going. It seems right because mm. they just start, they just launched a Patreon, <clears throat> right? And they're and, off Spotify, Bob. Oh wow! Yeah. They left that big Spotify deal, so that's they're back on like on their regular own thing. podcast wow. things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then big move, hmm. big move, and they can make it work. But everybody has to, you know, teamwork's make, it makes the dream work, you know. So yeah. then they've got then they've got to uh, Maul, who was Joe's friend, not Rory's friend. Uh, takes Rory's side, and in solidarity, neither of them were on the show this week. So, whoa, that's big. It's big, Tom, and we just spent. 16 minutes explaining it to our audience. I, but, I think we, we owe the audience straight hardcore from here out. Yeah, probably. Sure. Okay. Let's let's That's fucking big. dive in. That's crazy. Okay. Shout out to everybody who stuck with us. Guys, today we are doing <laughs> hardcore questions. Uh, we're just going to talk about hardcore. that we can talk about like with this? Like, so how hardcore can we equivalent? What's the equivalent of this? Like, you know. Damn, man. I don't know. Like some something happens. Yo, you know what the I problem call is? Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. You know, I'm like, yeah, well, your boy, like your boy's not doing anything. Your boy eats nachos and sits home on like on Twitch all day. <laughs> but if you actually did stuff. And then like Bob's like, yeah, you know what? That was kind of foul. He leaves, and then one next week I show up on the podcast and it's me and like who? Nobody. Probably me the, and Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. and Eric Wilson. Yeah. Because I don't know. I mean, was that strike, what's the other guy? The grind strike. Oh man, it, what's it's, the it's other dude that's on there? The, the white Parks. guy that doesn't show his face. Parks. Parks. So yeah, uh, it, it, here's the podcast. Uh, Bob steps out in solidarity with me. Uh, we have to renegotiate yeah. the the, uh, the terms of our contracts together. And in the meantime, oh, to keep the energy and the momentum going, you do podcasts with Eric Wilson doing his Paul Bearer impre- impression the entire time. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> um, I should I should just mention he walks around the house multiple times a week, going, 
uh, squatter's rights. I'll give you a right, a left, and a bonk on the head. And and uh, he, he's just he does the Paul Bearer dialogue. So <laughs> that's the house yeah, that I'm in. You can take the boy out of Queens. Um, all right, yo. T- Try uh, to see how many Patreons Joe Budden has. I bet a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll Tom. Good point. We'll we'll tape that in at the beginning. Um, yo, okay. We're we're just talking about hardcore today, guys. Do uh, it. The, the, the questions we're we're doing questions about hardcore of the variety that are fun and not too heavy, but uh, but cool. What do you want? You want? Um, let me give you a direct one. Who's the best hardcore band from Michigan? Not named Negative Approach. Oh. I know. Tough question, right? You know what? They make I mean, it easy. I put I put out their record. I'm saying detain. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say in terms of it. Eh, fuck. I know. And can I pick two? Like the yeah. one that I like the best ask and the one yeah, that has favorite the most impact. and then maybe best. Sure. Sure. Or, or most All impactful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most impactful. Cold as life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite, which is, I mean, I think people are going to shit on me and maybe somebody, people on this podcast. Walls of Jericho. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> Yo, Those Tom, first two I've records been, are really good, man. Tom, I've been threatening. I've been threatening that I will listen to them because you have said this multiple times, and I never live up to I'll make problem. you like a mix. It'll be like yes. six songs, but they're really good. Shout that's out to, to them being people referring to them as Woj. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, that's cool. I was going to say Jihad. I liked Jihad a lot. Uh, I like the Meat Men. The Meat Men have two and a half good records and then a lot of bad. Um, Sure. Freedom deserves a mention. Really freedom. Never ending game. Never ending game. Never ending game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, True Love has been going at it. They're not my pick, but they like, I think there's a lot of people listening who might make them their pick. Uh, Jailbreak. Earth Mover. No, that's nobody's favorite. I'm telling you, Earth Mover's got one people's favorite. One really great uh, song. What's the other band? Uh, Varsity. Probably no one's favorite. I think it's we're starting. That's I'm, we're, I'm we're, thinking of Michigan bands. I know. Say. <laughs> um, um. Oh, Razzle Dazzle. Um. Uh, they have a cool. Which song I I thought was real deal forever. Because RZL DZL. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. That's yeah, okay. that's me. Um, what about like Laughing Hyenas? Are we still considering them hardcore? They we're close. They, Man, I don't think they—I don't think they'd call themselves hardcore. So we don't. No, have they're to. pretty fucking dirty. They're dirty. I mean, if you haven't picked up a Laughing Hyenas record, like, you at least like, yo, Negative Approach is so good. Whatever the band John Brandon did after could be him dragging his balls across glass. We should all pay the respect and go. All right, I'll check it out. Let me let me see what Even this is about. Even if it's fifty percent is good, it's still good. Yeah, yeah. Sh- sh- easy and action and laughing hyenas. Yeah, I think I I pro- I might go easy action over laughing hyenas, but both, both are good. Um, all right, who's up? G- hit, hit us with the hard. I did part. a I I did a this or that kind of deal. Perfect, love it. Is that cool? I've got a bunch like that. A couple twisters too. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> all right, so here here's one for you guys. Worst nineties trend Ooh, beads. Okay. Or picture discs, picture discs. I was all in on beads. Were you? Were you like the, getting the Krishna beads? Ha- had or had like- them? Uh, didn't have a ton because it was late. Like yo, I was late to the game. It's like ninety nine, ninety nine. They were fading, but uh, had them and uh, 
would have would have repped them more, but definitely got got uh, goofed I mean, on. There were dudes out there that were like full on Mr. T with Tulasi beats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I had I had one one, and it was kind of it wasn't it wasn't a choker, but it was it was tighter style. You know what I mean? It was it was stylish. I thought so. I, I mean, yo, I, I think they're still cool now. So whatever. Uh, but but picture yeah, what do you think? got too crazy. <laughs> Firstly, let me uh, terrible. let me give a shout out to uh, Michigan band Constantine uh, Sakathi, right? Sakathi. Yeah, uh, and I'm Rich gonna say Miles. Yeah. yes. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say I almost bought beads the other day. So because your neck is getting brolic, so you want to show off your neck gains. Yo, let me just say, I know we're trying to keep this hardcore, but somebody just yelled at me on the street for not wearing a mask, and I was like, I don't look mean enough. It's time for me to fucking hit that gym harder. So, I mean, uh, you got neck tattoos, and you look like you might be on something, so I feel like that should be enough. I mean, this this lady was aggressive. I'm sure she says it to everybody. Uh, Yo, I think you've been a little too fashionable recently. Like, you've been wearing some nicer, like, is it a windbreaker or something? What are you wearing? Yo, let's talk about that. Because uh, like, I think you might be coming off too presentable. Let's talk about that for a second. That is a New Balance jacket, okay? I nice. It Looks nice. For people that... For Very right wing. For people that... Yeah, for me, exactly. It's, it's because uh, when I heard uh, New Balance was the uh, preferred outfit, outfitter of the uh, alt-right, <laughs> I rushed out. So Right on. Do you remember... Uh, do you guys get these emails from... New Balance pretending to not be New Balance? Yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. So there's Joe's New Balance resellers, <laughs> which is just New Balance. It's, yes. It, it's, it's them a, trying to break into the reseller market. It's like them faking that they're like, oh, hey, everybody, the, this isn't just product that is in our warehouse. It, it's trying to be like it's, a discount. It's a sneakers site. app for, for, for fucking 40-plus-year-old uh, dads. Right. So and nurses. Yeah, yes. nurses. So at any rate, uh, they have a sale eh, maybe once every three months where everything is knocked down like thirty, sometimes sixty percent off. So I buy these ridiculous jackets during that time, and <laughs> and this one I almost bought one with gold with gold armpits the other day. It was not oh, my size, wow. but I was so disappointed. <laughs> it, it was like the most ridiculous thing you ever saw. Anyway, uh, this jacket I think looks fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And everybody compliments me, so I keep wearing it. It looks good. It's a good looking jacket on you. It's funny as hell, Bob. I think it, like I was walking with Eric the other day, and he's like, "Jacket looks sort of stupid." And I was like, "Yeah, I keep thinking that, but people keep telling me that it's hot." And and he's like, "So yeah. get go against your better judgment at all times." And yeah, that's, what, be that's okay. what I learned. That's true. Well, you know, I, Tom, in my top five axe to grind regrets, you want to hear it? Sure. Remember when Patrick sent us excitedly the American Apparel sale, and we yes. sort of clowned on him about it? I feel bad about it because <laughs> that that was the maybe one of the most pure, weird excitement things I've ever seen from the dude. He was just like unapologetically like, "Hey guys, check out this cool sale!" Yo, uh, guys, you can buy shirts in nineteen shades of olive. No, you should feel bad because you missed out on a great value. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tom. Where are you at? Picture discs or beads? Um, I'm gonna go pick. I, I, as someone who's who's part of of both trends and in bad ways, um, I'm gonna go picture discs. I um, when my first thought when I wrote this was like I was gonna go like worst record trend ten yeah. inches or picture discs, Ooh. but I think we did that once before. But I feel like. Um, 
I bought picture discs in the nineties and I still own some sure. and I put out some and I, yeah. I'm embarrassed. Like I think if I could go back, I would also, I would ask labels, whether it be lost and found or or, or uh, good life. Whoever put out mm-hmm. stuff, put them in a fucking, in a sleeve. Yeah. Yo, and not a plastic clear sleeve. Put them like like it's an actual record. Yo, Treat it like it is. Yo, I want to say this. There's been a couple records that have come out. There was a Japanese hardcore record that came out like this. There was a picture disc that came in a full sleeve. It was one of the sickest packaging things I've ever seen. It was so fucking cool. And it I seems completely over the top. Cut. Yo, yeah. yo, it was so cool because it was just banging over the top, but like also just like holy shit, you didn't cut the corners because it feels like the picture disc. Yo, and I've done a couple things with records I regret having done uh, as far as sleeves and this and that and the other. But like picture disc feels like, eh, didn't want to do a jacket. I'll do this. I saved 18 cents per record by doing Right, this and it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, I just don't never do got it. it. No, yeah, don't do no. it. And I thank you, our sponsor, Closed Casket Activities, for making one of those picture discs that I was involved in obsolete yeah true good call good by call. putting out the indecision record again and ma- putting it real, in an actual jacket and everything you know, yeah i i'm just gonna say nobody wants my opinion on this because i don't even i own one record now shout out i don't like hogwell uh, shout out to uh, uh NMZ. dave from harvest uh oh, but i own harvest. one record so no, no nobody wants to uh that record is beautiful it is really good it's a very well packaged record but no nobody wants my opinion on this I like picture disc. I don't understand a goddamn like what the fuck is the problem? I I hear from dudes like Jeremy Baum like oh they play terrible and this and that and thing. I didn't even know you could play them. I I just thought they were tchotchkes. <laughs> Yo, they well they are, I but mean, that's are. the problem is that um, one you can't achieve as cool a layout. Like there's never been a picture disc that is as cool of a layout as an LP. No, I just don't think it's happened. Two because of the nature of them. Often, and especially from that era, from the 90s, usually it was like, cool, cool. One side will be the cover of the CD, but it's cut off in a circle. And then the B side has to somehow have the track listing and then maybe some credits and other stuff. But we'll just kind of jumble everything on there. It never looked clear or crisp. I mean, like there was one... And you didn't have an option. Like, if you want it on vinyl, it's like, here you go. This like, I it. bought an Integrity one way back when. I think it was Lost and Found. Yeah. It was like hooked lung breath C word, something. Yeah, sure, C- sure. C- I was wondering if you're going to say C word or not. <laughs> there you go. See you next Tuesday. Um, but I think it was like a bootleg, but it was a, a bootleg picture disc. And like, at the, like at the drive in had had one, like a split with It was just like. Yo, oh, Ignite, fucking terrible ideas. Ignite had the the and maybe even Battery did the the ultimate sin uh, picture disc ten inch. Oh, where are you putting that in the garbage? That's where you put right. it. But yo, I, I will cop to it. There are ten inches or there are ten inches I love. There are picture discs that I think are okay, but really we can do better. Uh, records should have jackets. Just let's keep. Yeah, it I mean, I like the records. I like a ten inch record. I mean, the yeah. records that are ten are great, but like, I just don't like. You know, it's like the format tough. Just, you know? you, nobody's got a ten inch record box. You know, yeah. just get lost yeah. in there. All right, Patrick, you're up. Hardcore question. Hardcore question. Let's see. <laughs> Hardcore question. Three songs that clean vocals worked in a hardcore song. Oh Jesus. 
didn't think it was going to be this difficult. <sighs> That's a tough one. All right. Uh, you ig- ignite. You. Uh, I knew you were going to say ignite. <laughs> um, let me think. Clean vocals. The news by Shelter. Oh, yo, yeah. Is that? Shelter, I mean, those clean are clean vocals. He's got some clean vocal most- parts. I don't want to hear your news. I want the news on me. That E. Um, that E. Oh, so beautiful. Clean vocals. All right. Kickstart us off here, Patrick. Give us one. I can't. <laughs> it's a- Viola uh, by VOD on the record that we reviewed. Okay. I, I, yeah, smoke I, I, gets in your eyes. Uh, um, hmm. Can we give half credit? That's half credit. I mean, give me, you know, it's a long song. What are you so doing? Almost- are you giving? Are you giving credit to Shelter? Or are you saying that's not clean enough for you? That's t- no, no, no. Listen, Shelter's tough because that's like saying that's like being like seaweed. It's not yeah. exactly like yes, it's hardcore. That's what but, it is. But is it? It's also a weird thing. You know, okay. <laughs> but all is right, it? Right, right. Oh, uh, that, but is it really? Is it hardcore? <laughs> is it? Just, I don't know. Just wrapped up axe to grind in one note there. Jesus. Um, let me think real quick. Uh, Ooh, I got one. Go. Yeah. What about um, In Hope by Boy Sets Fire? I've is yelling. I love Boy that Sets Fire. Definitely band. has some clean vocal parts on songs and that I'm. That the vastly some songs that I'm like, oh, I like, I like or liked this, and then some songs that I'm like, I am pretty offended by this. Yeah, right. Um, but the day the sun went out, that record's yeah. pretty ace from beginning to end. I need to. Last time I sat with it, it didn't age as well as I had hoped. But there's still like well, it sounds like a terrible '90s record. Yeah, but, but awesome. there's still like that's that's a record that I think is low key, like '90s low key. Was so big and doesn't get the doesn't get the name check that it deserves True. for how big it was in the nineties. You know, big fact. No. Um, how about uh, Satyagraha by Seven Seconds? Okay. Pretty clean. Good song, and it, it. I will say that it has closer to like the kind of clean vocals that I'm talking about versus yeah, all of it, Seven Seconds' career, which I would say has relatively clean vocals for a hardcore vocalist sure right but it's it's getting closer the production if you if that record if you just took those players in a time machine to 2004 and have them record it that might be a really that the cleanness of those that vocal track would be a lot lot higher and you know what about big riff by caven oh uh, i mean that definitely Screams works and that definitely works so, so I think the exercise is right. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah. this is a struggle. This is a and, struggle. It, it, so here's what's interesting. It's a struggle. And yet some of the least ambitious people I've ever met in my life continue to throw themselves against the rock of this problem, trying to make it work. Knock it off. Wow. Okay. Uh, let me get back to hardcore questions here. 
Grandpa Kinlan on the porch over there. She's not get off, get off my lawn. Yeah, well, Can we just have Frank back. At least he had like a positive, uplifting attitude. Okay, about okay, shit. okay. Let me talk about Carmelo. Yeah, no, nah, listen. Uh, I, uh, let me say this. Does your dad feel the same way about clean vocals or what? Shit. Let me say, I'm being unnecessarily nasty because I checked out a band that's in that uncanny valley hardcore sort of world, oh. and I thought it was totally capable hardcore of the type that doesn't really interest me necessarily but totally capable and then they kick into these fucking choruses that i thought like were so incongruent that i i wondered if if maybe something skipped if if the spotify fucked up you know what i mean i was like what what is this shit and if you beef with the day to remember just say it to them no listen i you know I'm down. Like, Pat's like, no, nah, man, we're cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, actually, check it out. Drug church, bro. Check it out. Yeah. ADTR, <laughs> we we good. We good. Um, yo, let me let me tell you about a really dark place that I stumbled into on my Discover page, and was like, yeah, I'm. I think I'm done on social media. I think I'm it's out. Like the dark web. This is the yeah. darkest. So it's the TikTok videos of people singing along to different stuff. A lot of times I'll get the like doing whatever the new trend is, doing the trend dance, whatever, and that's fine. Yeah. Somehow, and I think it's because of hardcore, so I'm blaming hardcore for this. That has intersected with people doing those kind of trend sing along things to the like clean vocal pop punk shit and clean vocal, like, I don't, not metal core, but like, warped tour music so it's like i'm not gonna name names but bands that like clearly someone in this chat has maybe toured with or will tour with and i can't believe it it's the darkest fucking shit dude it is so dark seeing well, people i, I mean, mean i only it, toured with silent majority so i don't really know <laughs> no it wasn't no one was singing along to silent majority but like in one way, I was like, yo, this is cool. Like, I wonder, maybe this is a way for people to discover bands. But then I was like, oh, no. Fuck, this is so bad, too. See, I'm not I'm not actually mad at, like, if, if TikTok is what turns people onto some shit, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I, I'm, and I should also be clear, these, I am talking about bands that I'm going to have to tour with. And I, I'm sure I will like these human beings as human beings. Of course. I'm just... I get so bummed when I hear like a hardcore song that's got like, uh, like some real push and I'm like, okay, did not my, uh, like, you know what it would be like if, uh, if incendiary just had unnecessary choruses, like incendiary is a good band thrown in. Right. For sure. They are a band that keeps the energy up in, in a style where it is possible as we know from, some of the some of their influences probably like in the nineties, some of those bands really fucking dragged, and yeah, and it's Andy doesn't. They don't, and I think that that's like probably the biggest compliment that anybody could pay them because it's fucking awesome that they can do that. But some of these Uncanny Valley bands are in that same lane of like, oh, this is this is like energy up, this is like stage dive music. I'm with this, you know what I mean? Like, okay, it's not for me. That's cool. But then the choruses, man, this fucking choruses drive me right. crazy. The singer needs the, the singer needs to do his solo. It's like when like like the drum solo at a big rock concert, or like when the when the you know you go to see Van Halen and Sammy Hagar pulls out the acoustic while the rest of the band goes off stage for a while. Yeah, I don't need that. Oh. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm gonna hey, nobody asking for that. 
I'm going to loop us back to this as though uh, I'm doing like a, a really capable standup uh, by doing a callback in a later question, but let's keep it. Cool. Moving. Love it. Uh, cool. I, I hope it's another confusing question. <laughs> what Name yeah. three yeah, drum beats. You, you've, been, you've been noted recently for doing some real confusing shit, so you're staying on brand. All right. Um, Am I next? No, I'm next. Or are you next? Yeah. Okay, um, sorry. This one's more directed at Tom, but I want both of you to answer. <laughs> Breakdown plus minus or Killing Time the Method? Breakdown plus minus. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the method, man. Mm. That method record is fucking good and people sleep on it. Plus minus is good. It's not blacklisted. I really like plus minus. I love it. I and do too. Yeah. I, I like all of the breakdown stuff until that last record. War hymns. Uh, or yeah, you, the one that has like it kind of looks like the striking distance record on the cover. Yep. So let me read you a, tra- a track list here. Um, Give me a track list. Uh, plus minus megalomaniac, pretty decent opener. Devil's advocate, eh, scapegoat, pretty good. Unkind, anti breakdown. March of the white trash, exposed, distant, dismissed. Bad brains cover regulator. Cheating. Street fight, homochucka Willie, and plus minus. Um, That's some cheating. Yeah, it's cheating, but but still, yo, good versions. It's good. good versions, too. Love the sound on this record. Um, the method is good. Actually, at, at Tom, you've been a good champion for it, but I thought it was a worthwhile question for you. I didn't know where you That's would go. That's very tough. That is very tough. I think the method is better. I think it's super hard, and it's funny. Like If you hear – I, I watched um, – Komenali was on uh, Isaac and Jay's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know – He's like, I don't really like, I don't really like Brightside. He's like, I'm kind of disappointed in it. I don't really like how it sounds. He's like, I love the method. He's like, no one else does. <laughs> that's wow. a, yo, that's I mean, how. Every, and you know what? Even when it came out, people weren't stoked on it. That's how every musician. And it is. hasn't grown. What do you say, Pat? That's how every musician is. It's always like everybody's sitting. Yeah, there. but this is not the most recent thing. It was 25. He said, <laughs> and this makes a lot of sense that. Um, yeah, it's not like this is my most re- the newest thing is the heaviest greatest thing I've ever done. This was twenty five years ago, but that between yeah, Brightside and yeah. yeah, the method, there was that EP called Happy Hour, which yep. is where they went completely off the fucking rails. Is that whole lot of nothing, right? Yes, whole lot of nothing. It's fucking un- and he's like and he even him he's like I'm fucking bad. Like, that's so bad. But he said like the method, if if the if if Happy Hour didn't exist and it went like bright side and like five or six years later the method people would have been fucking way into it but that like happy hour broke their back i i don't know i mean far be it from me to disagree but i disagree um i think it suffers i think it suffers in the way we talk about a lot of these records where there's a few things the time between the two records hurts right and they had broken up though and they had broken up so there's this long and also just in the way that wasn't attached to them, hardcore had changed a lot. And so there were different expectations and things had moved along and things were different. To Brightside, what, whatever he says, whatever Kaminali says, totally cool, respect, respect, respect. That is a fucking classic record. I mean, you're not going to beat that, it's man. It's so hard to follow up on the classic. We, we talk, you know, like I think all three of us talk about Just Look Around. That is a good serviceable record has some really good songs 
but it ain't blood, sweat, no tears. Best man, wishes is a very right. good record, but it ain't right. Age of Quarrel. <laughs> Yeah, imagine Best Wishes without Age of Quarrel. You'd be like, yo, that would be the record we talked about, like Age of Quarrel. I'd be like, yo, fucking New York Heavy Metal rocks. Like, yo, this is a <laughs> really good record. Um, it's like croons. Yo, uh, it's it's really tough. The good record after the classic record, like it almost it almost deserves respect. Uh, yo, on a more modernish and totally different lane, it's made me really dive into the the tragedy third and fourth LPs more because they're not the first two are the first two tragedy LPs and the seven inch between them are pretty crazy because it's almost escalating. I think the first tragedy LP is their best, but vengeance might just be better period. It's they somehow up the everything and did it. And the EP in between might arguably be the most bang for buck value material that they put together. They continued as a band and did really good work. It just didn't hit that threshold. And it's like, as you go through... That's not fair. No, it sucks because it's like, compared to almost anything else, this would be seen as really high-level work. It's just they set their own personal bar almost unattainable high. Are you almost better off shitting the bed on the second record and then putting out a banger a third record? (sighs) Tom, I'll let you know. (laughs) <laughs> no it's it's a good question right it's like do you take like let's twist it a little bit are you better off taking bigger swings bigger risks on the second record and failing and then coming back to center and delivering something really good on the third if you think that's your first so good yeah no i think i think it's tough i think i think you creatively like I mean, Turnstile is a really interesting case, right? Because I think there yeah. are there's a whole generation of people who go, "Yo, it's nonstop feeling, man." That's the record. Yeah, I'm one. But but Tom, there's a, a whole lot of other people who go, "No, man, time and space is the record." Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that's oh. that's the interesting part is that I think I think you have to be able to both. It's threading the needle. It's a Man, uh, love of music is a, a heavy thing. Um, I think the Fiddlehead record is going to be an interesting one here. You have to nail what you did before, but do it in uh, do it with such a twist that people aren't tired of it and don't feel like you're just going through the motions or just trying to replicate exactly what you did last time because you're always going to get somebody who's more familiar, has more personal resonance, has more sentiment for the thing that came first, right? So, well, tough a, fight. A, a good strategy is to put out an absolute classic so that people don't remember that you put out Happy Hour because I just had to look up the album art because I f- totally forgot this record existed. So That Happy Hour did or? Method? That Happy Hour did. So, oh, it, they've done their best to make sure that it was forgotten. Because if you, if you have a bright side, then I guess you, I guess... Happy hour just eventually falls off of Patrick's radar. <laughs> you know I mean? So, although and I think it was added to one of the reissues for some reason, I feel I think like it's it might on the be victory. on the victory. I think it's on the victory reissue of Brightside because I know I believe like, so. I know a whole lot of nothing very well for a song that maybe I think is funner than it is good. Is that, is that yeah. fine yeah. to say? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fair. <laughs> All right, so uh, so. 
PK, you're taking breakdown plus minus with me. Um, your your affinity for the later breakdown material is is kind and it's nice. We 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 appreciate it around here. Um, Tom, you're up. All right. I I formulated my questions differently from the, you guys, but maybe that makes it more interesting. Yeah, it sure does. Better mosh part. Mm. Band in DC or world peace. Oh shit. I'm gonna say band in DC. It's tough, man. World peace is really good. Band in DC is the formula. Yeah, world peace doesn't exist without that band no. in DC mosh part. But did but did they improve it? That's the question. They may have. I say they did. Yeah, well, maybe. I'm still going with Band in DC, but I understand the rationale. I think I'm going to go World Peace, but it's really close. I feel like this should be a Twitter poll after this record comes out. I, I'm after curious. Episode, to see let's what do it. Think. Okay, that's that's good because I think also, um, there's a couple Bad Brains mosh parts that I'll take over any Chromax mosh, like Super Touch. Yeah, the yeah, song. I mean, Jesus, there's just the, that was the that's the that's the beginning of Moshcore. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking. Um, I think reignition is is moshcore. Yeah, yo, I mean, what they do with the rhythms, like, like it it makes me think of during the Walter interview when, when it's like Ian's like, why do you guys got to slow down? I wanted to be like, yeah, man, have you listened to the Bad Brains? Like, listen, what they do, how they slow their songs down. uh, Oh. If you ever are, if you're writing a record and you feel like your shit's too same tempo, put on the roar tape or put on Rock for Light and listen to how they do tempos. Holy shit, it's fucking incredible. Uh, that said, uh, World Peace um, is going to take it for me today, right. right now at nine nineteen Eastern time. Patrick, what do you got? Can you slash have you? I guess have you slash can you ever entered? a listening of a re-recorded song without great trepidation and anxiety. No, it's really <laughs> tough. Uh, wait, if, I I, if, I'm unf- if I'm unfamiliar with the, yo, no, you know what? Tom, Tom is, George, jo- is uh, jogging my memory. Um, do covers count? No, I'm talking about a band re-recording their own song. And you're familiar with the original already. Yes. Yeah. No, I haven't. Tom, you're saying yes. I can say I have. Yeah. What do you got? Because, and here's the one. Pat's gonna. Pro- Pat may actually agree with me after this. The what is it called? Uh, um, the sick of it all yeah, record. You're gonna say the sick of it all record. Here's the deal. I didn't say they become such better players. I, right. I, I, I I'm not talking about better the, vocals. I'm not talking about the outcome though, Tom. I'm talking about did you wince when you hit play? No, because I figured it'd be like, you know, I love you know say fucking you know i love a song of just look around but like i know how they play it now as compared how they recorded it in 1992 like i like how they play it now Mm -hmm. right so i kind of went into it knowing hearing these songs live for the last x amount of years after the records come have come out and what they sound like and listen i i the reason why they're the biggest you know they're the best live hardcore band i think that sick of it all record is proof that it can be done i just today 
I, this I listened to the re-recording of uh, "Smash or Be Smashed," the Earth Crisis song. Right. Yeah. Studio recording just came out. Right. Yeah. First and I, time. And I hit, I hit play with like with nerves, as though I was as though I was going to reach underneath my deck that I don't have. Like you're clipping to, the green wire. To cl- yeah, yeah, I was clipping the green wire. Exactly right. And. Uh, I you were going to say you reach under a desk and it was gum under there. No, like reaching under the, a, a, like a deck at your house and you're like, somebody's like, something smells under there. Yeah, like, yeah. You- is, it, is it a rat? Is it a squirrel? Right. Is it my sandwich? Yeah. Am I going to, yeah. Am I going to put, am I going to put my hand in something that's been decaying for three weeks? Like, is there something going to bite me? Or, yeah. or, you know what? <laughs> another comparison. You could say Flash Gordon or you could say Dune where, mm. where uh, the, the litany against fear uh, where you put your hand in the box, you know, and yes. it, and it's all you know is that it's going to hurt. Like that's how I felt. So so yeah, actually, <laughs> listening to Earth, the new Earth Crisis recording was the uh, litany against fear. Uh, and so, what, what was the end result of that yeah. listening? Results. Okay, so they obviously did it hurt. It didn't hurt. The coda is not nearly as good, and Carl makes vocal cadence decisions and he's done this every time they've re-recorded something i think he feels an obligation to update it or change it in some way and i don't always think that's necessary he'll make these cadence no. changes that just kind of rob like they work they're fine mm-hmm. but they don't work as well as the original and i don't think that that's just in my head you know so sure sure he, he's he's making some cadence decisions that i don't vibe with and the recording I like because it sounds largely like, like like compressed shit. And I think that that's kind of good. I think that that's cool for what this is. It's not supposed to be a huge record. It's just kind of like a fun, hey, let's record that song that everybody's been wanting. In Right. It's not a flexi that comes with a magazine. <laughs> right. And <laughs> I, I, uh, I literally, it comes with the decibel, the, like the current decibel record that magazine. Good for them. You buy that, you get the flexi. Yeah. And which is totally cool to me. But I, uh, uh, not the most environmental decision on Earth Crisis, but the the, uh, I, the 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 coda, which is one of the best parts of the song, is just robbed of a little bit of what it is, and so I wasn't happy with that. But ultimately, this is not a terrible re-recording at all. It didn't warrant me feeling the anxiety that I did. Uh, but every time I've seen a re-recorded song of any type, I go. God fucking damn, you're going to do this to me. And then, <laughs> so that's how Patrick, I felt going in. Patrick, you might need to help me with a project. Um, sure. I'm thinking about buying a, li- a lathe record press. Love it. Cutting Ooh. thing. My trepidation was part of my, the reason I wanted, I mean, obviously I want to do it so I can make cool shit. Uh, but I was thinking, I was like, yo, is there a way for me to make lathe discs out of recycled plastic? Yes, there is. You can buy. Uh, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Of, I, okay, the the, oh. the recycled plastic thing you can build yourself. No, you you can actually do it on laser discs. Oh, on on their their dead stock. Yeah. Okay. See, what I wanted to do was be able to collect plastic. You know what I mean? To do direct action pla- plastic collection. I like make that. It. So uh, you can help me with that research project. Okay. And see if it's possible. Um, all right, I, I Tom. Are there any other good examples of re-recording? Like, I feel like there's been a couple slapshot ones that I didn't think were embarrassing. 
Uh, there, it, right. I mean, are we talking like from demo to LP? Like, right. Or are we talking like? No, I think classic that's recording. What, that's too, what's tough. Yeah. Like, like for example, I was thinking there's some Ignite songs from their first seven inch that when they different did singer, right? different singer and they record with Zoli that are still there. They were better. They're probably better versions. Um, I like yeah. both, you know, but they're just different. Um, n- normally there's that trepidation cause it's, uh, it's the, um, it's the reflex, right? Like the, the mouse touches the electrified muffin too many times, stops touching the muffin, right? Mm. I mean, they should. <sighs> All right. The, the good old electrified muffin. <laughs> That's the new uh, self defense family record. The good old yeah. electrified muffin. Yeah, that's no that, that, that that's sounds, our yeah. that's our Cobra Starship uh, uh, spinoff. See, I was thinking that's where you guys went full like Mo meets. They might be giants jam band, a fucking, jam band yeah. like fucking nineteen yeah. people on stage. The good no, old you, electrified muffin LP you, you, triple LP. I think you guys you guys might both like what this next LP is going to be. Uh, Chris is just sending me songs that sound like the Rolling Stones and Tom Petty. So I want, get excited. I want, yo, I want singles. I want bangers from self. Get excited. When you guys hit singles. It's good. All right. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hey everyone, it's Chris Pandolfi inviting you to check out the new season of my podcast, Inside the Musician's Brain, with new episodes airing now. Hearing it in that room, these guys playing this thing and trying to figure out how to play this song was mind-blowing. It's so inspiring to know there's so much more to it than you ever thought, and it just opened another door. But when people find faith because they need to, in terms of just filling a void to feel better without actually being better, that's when it becomes... A crutch, much like you know, drugs and alcohol do. Man, I don't have all the time in the world here. If I want to be a professional bluegrass musician, I felt like I had to take a very like strategic approach, just trying to get rid of the barriers and, and figure out what those barriers were. The feelings still come, and I have to reckon with that, but I think I have better ways of moving forward and not being stuck, which I think was the killer for me. Catch all that and so much more on the new season of Inside the Musician's Brain. Fuckberry Kill, COC, Corrosion of Conformity, yep. DRI, mm-hmm. Suicidal Tendencies. Goddamn. These are three bands that were grouped together for 
what should be obvious reasons, but I don't think they get talked about in hardcore 2021 very often. If you like mm, Power Trip, uh, Dead Heat, um, Enforced, uh, Thrash, Thrash Punk, or Thrash Metal, Drain, yeah, Drain. Yeah. These bands should be uh, something you go back to and really, really check out large swaths of their catalog. Um, but for this activity, fuck Mary Kill, COC, DRI, or Suicidal. All right, I'm saying, oh, this sucks. Um, I'd, I'd fuck Suicidal. Okay. It's a wild um, ride. Because they're good for a while, but then they get really bad. Many bad post-reunion records, and even some of the later era records I can't hang with. Right, so I don't know if like so. Yeah, After I would marry revolution. To, things get get rough. Yeah, yeah, I love up to that. Yeah, um, I would marry Coc because they age gracefully. Agree, and I think like you can like the earlier stuff, and you can like the more like you know Pepper Keenan singing stuff yep, for sure. Completely different bands, same name, and Reed Mullen was the only things that thing that really tied it together. Yep, R.I.P. Reed Mullen. And I would have to gun to my head, wow. kill DRI. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, but if I had to, feels dirty. it feels dirty to get rid of one of these three. Okay, respect, Patrick. Yeah. Straight kill DRI with no compunction. Don't give a shit. Uh, wow. You're missing out. And then, yeah, actually, mine falls so exactly like Tom. Eh, ex- yeah, exactly like Tom's. Although I guess, I guess maybe, maybe fuck COC because I'd be most excited to fuck COC. So I don't really know how to parse this one. Well, if you marry, I you'd want, to, you'd you'd marry, want COC you to stick gonna, around. Yeah, if you, if you marry, you're going to consummate with COC for a long time, you know? All right, let's go with that then. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think... I thought it might be a sexless marriage. I don't know. Oh, fuck. Let's hope not. I think I'm going to go... Damn, DRI's getting a raw deal. I, I feel dirty even yeah. dissing him because, Patrick, I feel like there's a DRI record for you that you're missing. It's possible, but I haven't heard it. Yeah, I think thrash it's Thrash Zone? No, it's not Thrash Zone. It's um Four of a Kind. Not Four of a Kind, the record before that. Uh fuck. It's, it's crossover? Not crossover. It is dealing with it. It's the earliest. Their most straightforward. It has it has a lot of fast. It's a lot of songs, but they also go to some really crazy places. Uh songs like Soup Kitchen into Madman into Stupid Stupid War. Into counterattack, into couch slouch, into God is broke. Uh, I don't need society. Fuck. All right, I, I'm going. I'm going. Coc, uh, Mary. Fuck suicidal because goddamn that first LP, so good. And then RIP to DRI. Damn it. Who's up? Is that me? You're up. All right, Pat, how's it sounding? All right? Yes, you sound yeah, good. Yeah, quick, you. quick test. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, you guys Yo, sound great. N- no echoing. Yeah. All right. Okay. No, problem, problem yeah, solved. Like, yeah. Thank you. Cool. Okay. Worst, har- worst hardcore gene phase. Oh, wow. Janko or Diesel? Okay, I have my answer. Fuck. Fuck. <sighs> Man. Diesel. Uh, 
I had an immediate answer, Tom, and the more I thought about it, the more I'm I'm confused. It's not that yeah. easy. That's what I'm saying. My gut instinct was to say diesel because I thought people were way too oh. up their ass about like expensive. Exactly. Things. That was my thought. But yes, then but I started Jenko's, thinking about it. But Jenko's look stupid. Jenko's look stupider, and people were kind of up their ass about Jenko's too. Yeah, Jenko's were all oh, around. Not as there. bad, though. Jenko's were yeah. embarrassing, but they were almost like kind of counterculture in a way, whereas Diesel is just kind of like when hardcore kids latch on to some, latch onto oh, some yeah. like, par- pardon the expression, like bougie normie nonsense and think it's fun, you know? Agreed. So, uh, and and uh, I was always on the like I was wearing jeans like fucking you know fucking what are they the the uh, yeah you've been like a wrangler guy for 30 years no, right oh no tough like old navy what's the old navy the painter jeans the ones yeah fucking, yeah 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 those stupid things cuz i was like you know 62 and a buck 60 um right and they were cheap they were and they cheap fit. and they fit as good as they could and i was i didn't have any interest in jenkos and i was on the side of hardcore where if you're wearing those jeans, you're not cool because you should be wearing cargo shorts. But at the time, I was like, cargo shorts aren't that hot. Um, no. But Jenko's, that was for the corn creatures to me. And so yeah, I wasn't in I on mean, that yes. either. But they pre- kind of predated that. They did. In hardcore, did, they predated Did anyone it. remember? Did you guys have tough skins? Do you remember this or am I aging myself? No, I don't know no, what that is. I don't is. remember tough skins. There were jeans that I had as a kid that had reinforced knees. So you wouldn't tear your. <laughs> so I would literally like haul ass down the hallway and like make believe I was sliding to second base on my knees. That's fa- that's because they were like father, built in. That like seems great actually. It was yeah. I mean, my father would be like, just just fucking stop. But like yes. you could, they they were impenetrable. You could not like tear your jeans if you like slipped on the sidewalk or whatever playing. And uh, and, and for but, right, so, for confirmation, I'll, I've never owned a pair of Wranglers in my life because I think they're probably they were just one level too far for me to really be like, yo, those I I just couldn't do that. Yeah, but yeah, but right, I have two jokes. Levi, I got two shirts. Sure. <laughs> plain I'm plain jeans, faux show. Listen, I just yeah. want to say tough, right. tough skins. I thought was a band when you first said it. Second, uh, they're still made. It could be. It's a Sears and Robux. Uh, 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 Sounds right. Brand. R.I.P. Sears, man. The Wikipedia tells me they are mentioned in the song "Cool Kids" from Screeching Weasel. Hmm. That makes sense. My dad would probably get like a drill and a pair of pants for me. <laughs> I like yeah. that. That's a good look. I would go. So Wranglers, this I don't know if I've ever told the story, but this whenever I hear Wranglers, this is what comes to mind, right? So, and this is just an aside, and this is a shout out to my boy Whitey, mm-hmm. Kevin White, which some of you guys know. Um, we did a tour, uh, Most Precious Blood, Blood for Blood, Sick of It All, right? Blood for Blood, every night had like the same thing they would say, you know, yes, like, they had a you know, their intro. A, yes. <laughs> they kind of had like a gimmick. Yeah. Very, very well that they were great you know but like they were on that tour that we did with them was on outlaw anthems right yeah so like a weekend whitey goes i don't why would you call your record the outlaw wranglers because <laughs> he heard it as like these are the outlaw wranglers you fuck and he goes why would you name your record the outlaw wranglers i'm like dude it's the outlaw anthems and he's like Oh, he had no idea that it was so. Every time I hear Wrangler, I hear I hear Whitey doing his Boston accent of "These are the outlaw Wranglers." 
Um, All I can picture and is then, Brett Favre wearing a blood for blood shirt, throwing a football in a field in Mississippi, football tossing yeah. it around like yeah. with the give. Yeah. But to me, I feel like um, Jenko seemed more inclusive in the '90s. I feel like when when you know the the Diesel crew, mm. not that there was anything wrong with a lot of them, but I feel like that was the delineating line between like certain bands. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Alice Casey was like, what kind of a Trusco band were you? Like, not really. Like, we didn't wear, like, we were too fat for diesel jeans, if, if we're being honest. Right. There was. I feel like that was like the delineating line. Like, the pretty dudes wore diesel jeans. Yes, that's a fact. And the fucking ugly and proud hardcore kids wore fucking whatever. Uh, yeah. The, the diesel jean era was just. Uh, shout out to our friends in Boston. It was just entirely too Boston. Yeah. I was. I was sharp. With, I mean, good for them. I was with some people, no Boston people, but I was with some people, uh, at, like basically in town for a weekend of shows one time, and we went out. And one of the dudes was buy bought a seven hundred dollar coat, and I remember feeling like I was on a different planet. I was like, "What? This is so weird!" Like just like like a jacket, seven hundred dollar jacket, and I remember being like, "Yo, that pays my rent for the next two and a half months." Shit. Like what the? I have never owned anything that wasn't a computer that that was that expensive. Right. Yeah. It's, fuck. <sighs> all right. All right. So so I guess we're all going. Are we all going diesel? Yeah. They're as the worst. As they're the worst. Corner. Yeah. Yeah. They're corner. All right. all right. Done. Patrick, you're up. Just want to say that uh, Mike Durnt uh, has been married three times, uh, and he uh, big Star Wars fan. Um, and yep. He looks like Vladimir Putin. He looks a little bit like Vladimir Putin. That's true. He owns a coffee company. And during the 2020 COVID pandemic, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong noted that Durnt has basically become a farmer. Um, he won full cost custody of his daughter in 2008. So anyway, I, I mentioned that because uh, that's where uh, looking up uh, Screeching Weasel ex-members took me. Um, wow. Didn't realize he was in Screeching Weasel. So, Okay. Name an album you'd compare to a diner bagel. Oh shit! So let me let me first let's set what our diner bagel is. It, it, my my instinct is to say it's not that great, but at three a.m. you're desperate. It'll do in a pinch. It'll do in a pinch. Yeah. You know? um, um, How do you say this without dissing people? Yeah, you gotta no, diss, I know. I'm Tom, trying. you got to diss them, It's got to be. All right, let's see. It's going to be. <laughs> hardcore record that I'd compare to a diner bagel. The way you said um, it made me think you were. You're, that was a search term you were typing in. No, I, my hands are my hands. <laughs> like I feel like I'm being interrogated. My hands are crossed in front of me, like I'm uh, ready for the polygraph. Uh, uh, Black flag, slip it in. Oh, interesting. It's it's of of all the Black Flag records, it's the one I reach for the least of the records you're reasonably reaching for. I'm not fucking in my head. Is the fucking. Uh, four months past expiration mini box of raisin bran diner wow. food um this is like a couple great songs i think black coffee's a banging song the song slip it in is really good yeah it's kind of there's some problems with it whatever um but it's pro if you put it on and you have if you're hungry and you eat that 
there's a chance you might go, yeah, that was good. Feeling it. If you just ate the diner French toast, you're not touching that. You're you're good. Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. Oh man. I'm gonna say descendants enjoy. Oh. Ooh, another pick. Good. Just because I know like Miles not gonna come beat me up if I say his man. <laughs> For comparative it's still to good. A, comparative to a diner bagel. <laughs> Yo, Just that one record. I mean, everything else is like the best bagel you've ever had. Yo, all right. Descendants, enjoy. I want to make an argument for this. Song Sour Grapes, really good. Their cover of Wendy, really good. Really good. A lot of people get love that on get the time. When I get That's my favorite Descendants song. Yeah. Cheer, pretty good. Now, here's where I love this record. 80s Girl, Green, Days Are Blood. Last three tracks that count. Um, 80s Girl, they're leaning into their most like new wavy, a little synthy yeah. influences. Fuck, now I'm looking at this. Green and Days Are Blood are purely for the weirds. And I I really like those songs. Um, I might change mine. Go for it. I might change. Now that I'm looking at. I, I, I just hate, hurt my I heart hate and Descendants when they do the funny stuff. Yeah. No, no. Where are you going? I was gonna say I don't want to grow up. Oh yeah, there's funny. There's there's too much. We. Uh, I hate their funny songs. I hate the like quang quang. Qua. I hate all of that. I hate all the licks. I hate songs about farts. Yeah. I yep. hate, like when they get in there, like <laughs> I have a crush on this girl bag. It gets no better. Sure, sure, sure. But when they're like, get the time is my literally my favorite. But, but you're song. saying so a conversation we had. Um, oh, okay. This ties into action grind. So. Patrick, uh, we on the Patreon episode, everybody who is on our Patreon, please join it. Our last Patreon episode, we talked about No Doubt for a long time, but we mentioned a No Doubt Descendant show in December of 1988. Some true Descendants heads hit me up. We're like, yo, Descendants were broken up. Like, They basically didn't play any shows in 87 or 88. So I don't know what this No Doubt show you guys are referencing is. And so I did some digging around. No doubt had it listed (laughs) on their show listings, their official show listings, but not with Descendants, but just that, yes, we played in Long Beach at this club that was listed in 1988, December 23rd, 88. (sighs) Kept digging around. Finally found a Descendants reference to it, but only one. Shout out to... I'm not going to name names, but shout out to a mutual who reached out Tom, you'll like this, to Stephen Egerton. Amazing. And asked, did the Descendants play a show in 1988 with No Doubt? Was he in Descendants by then? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was like, uh, no. Well, actually, we played one show in 88, but we were already all, but we were between singers. It was at Long Beach at this club, and Milo just showed up and we just did some descendant songs which <clears throat> yeah so so that is the no doubt uh, descendant show in 1988 which essentially they play one random show at city gardens in that time frame but from 87 to like 95 96 whatever there's like no descendant shows, you know there's just none they they didn't really play shows 
except for occasionally when Milo and I actually saw him do this with all, I saw him do it in Philly at the Troc in like 99, 98, 99. Milo would just show up and after they all set, they do a handful of Descendants songs, but he's usually like an encore, like, Hey, we're going to do three songs. Right. Right. This led to a conversation saying, yo, what would be the worst possible? Like, Descendants three song and to me it was like no fat beaver pervert and <laughs> enjoy yeah and, and enjoy yeah like you know or all logistics for 10 minutes yeah right so like, uh, you could have done four bangers in that time that's 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 just the the mini coleslaw at the diner is just like bullshit like that all right Patrick, that you're not sure like yeah it, so it might have come from someone else's plate exactly Patrick what like, is this a little warm what is your diner bagel hardcore record I'm going to go, uh, well, it's a collection of seven inches, but I count this. I'm going to say Beyond Hypothermia by Caven. I, I Wow. Okay. I don't, think it, I don't think it comes within 100 miles of Until Your Heart Stops, but it's still very capable. But what so, does? Yeah, that's a good point. So what is, what is, um, what's the diner meal of uh, Until Your Heart Stops? Let's say vegan well, diner, so you can give full full range. Oh, is this one of those uh, dinosaur eggs for you? No, it's a, it's a, it's something with what do they call that shit? Hollandaise sauce? Hollandaise sauce? Yes. Uh, you can drop that on any old shit, but if you can find me a, a vegan breakfast sandwich with the Hollandaise sauce, ooh. I believe Amanda made a vegan Hollandaise sauce in the microwave the other day. I'll find out how to do it and send it to you. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I don't I don't eat that shit, but she liked it. Um I used to have that they had that at um Kate's joint. Yes. They had a vegan holidays. Beautiful. All right, Peter Cage joint. Um Yeah. All right. Good good question. All right, let's see this. Um do, 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 do. what do you guys want? A two thousands question, a nineties question, or a overall question? Let's go two thousands. I was okay. thinking the same. What is the bridge two thousands for five hundred, Bob? What is the bridge nine records peak? What is their peak year range? Whoa. I know, tough question. Do I? Am I allowed to look? Of course. Oh, yeah. I'm not. This isn't a quiz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> off the top. Off the top, the top, I would go. Just top of my head, mm-hmm. I would probably say. Oh one to oh four. So you're getting that's the an phase. We're gonna say. So you get yeah, an so like an panic. Yep. Uh, Hopecon. Hopecon. You get the right. reissue of Peace and Security. You get Shark Attack. You get No Warning. Carry On. Right. Um, that sound about right? Yep. Yeah, and so basically that runs. You get the earliest champion record. You get um, Holding On, Ramallah, the first terror record, um, and probably, let's say, Mental, Get an Oxygen Tank is 2003. Yeah, so that's when they do that Sick of It All EP that Bridge Nine put out, which not memorable, but it was noteworthy no. at the time that like, oh shit, Bridge Nine's putting out the new Sick of It All EP? Shit. Um, they did a Slapshot album. I would go right to maybe there. 2000 or 2004. Yeah. Oh, they did the, the Slapshot's Greatest Hits. Yep, they did that, and then they did a new Slapshot. Is that is Digital? No, Digital Wars Fair's Greatest Hits. It's re-recorded, I think. Um, and we'll say at least... Well, they did a... New- Greatest hits, slashes, and crush checks. Yeah, oh, that's right. So then, and then there was a new album. Damn. Did they? Yep. 
Yeah. I would say 2004 winds down. They have outbreak. Uh, they do the stand fight LP, and then the champion promises kept, which and the vinyl for one with the underdogs. So that's probably a good way to cap it Pretty off. Big. There. Okay. So 2000 to 2004. That would be my yeah. That's your your range, Patrick. Can you compare another range there? Not at all. I this I say this respectfully to Chris and and anybody who's been involved with the label. They've put out some stuff that is really shaped hardcore, but I'm looking through this right now, and this is a fucking struggle for me. Um, sure, <clears throat> we'll save it. So, um, 2006. Let me give you 2006 to 2009 because I know there's some people who would make this argument. So you get Think I Care, World Asylum, Outbreak yep. LP, Have Heart, Things We Carry. Yeah. Uh, Pale Horse, No Turning Back, Death Before Dishonor, Ruiner. Prime Stereo. Prime and Stereo, Ceremony, a few albums by Ceremony. Oh, okay. Prime yeah. What, Stereo, wait, wait, wait. H2O, Newfound Glory Records, Verse signs to them the second Have Heart LP, Cruel Hand, uh, Life in Shambles, Cruel Hand, Prying oh, Eyes. I like, I like that record. First Defeater album, Travels, Polar Bear Club. Sometimes things just disappear. Oh, and then there's people that love H2O. the Soul Control, the Soul Control sort soul of era. Control yeah. Here, so that's that's this range. So I think there's a 2000 to 2004 argument, and then a 2006 to let's say 2010 argument as well. So okay. uh, I think I, I think we pro- – I, I lean with you, Tom. I'm going oh, 2000 to 2004. Because we're saying heights. There's no there's – no, you know, I mean, they've put out Iron Sheik records in the last like, couple of years oh, that yeah, I really yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just saying peak. So like, yeah. there's no there's no like shame on any of this stuff. No, no, but no, I think no. like I, I, to me when I think about it, like Bridge Nine was like the biggest label in hardcore from like 2000 to 2004, bar none. Well – Right. Let I me mean, say, like, what else was there? Let, let me say this. The second era that Bob just mentioned, there is an equal also amount right. of cla- there's an equal amount of amount of classics, in my opinion. However, it didn't shape a specific scene at that point. It's more fractured. And in my personal view, quality control was not at its peak. So different, different, of, different attendance, I think. Um a lot of bangers, it's, but also a couple, a couple, a couple turds. It's yeah, also really. Record. Oh, that's right. It was, foundation might be a little. When's the first foundation? Two thousand eleven. Right. So it's right. So we could even. That's count the first that if we, yeah. we went there. But if we do oh six to two thousand ten, that's the like the have heart era. So you have have heart ceremony, a few other real peaks. You get cruel hand in there. You get ruiner. Get Polar Bear Club. I mean, the Crime and Stereo well. records were Crime and Stereo I mean, records were big. The first the Crime and Stereo stateside. record that one came out on Triple Crown, maybe first. One of those came out on a different label first. I think. I think Trouble State Side. I could be wrong about that. Because um, I think the first proper Crime and Stereo record that came out on uh, Bridge Nine was is dead. Um. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Trouble State Side was a Nitro. That's so wild. Um, oh wow! Okay. So, okay. I mean, yo, and and there's going to be people. There's probably some people who go, yeah, no, I'm more an 04 to 08 or 03 to 07, and then it's just kind of shifting where you're at. So, um, there's no wrong answers. No wrong answers. I like that conversation. Tom, you're up. All right. Um, I don't know how you guys are going to answer this. Hmm. I'm curious. 
and these are not the only answers, but these are the ones, you know, I, I was doing I was doing more this or that kind of vibe. Yeah. Okay. Better, not saying bigger, better to you. Yes. Better acapella sing-along. Whoa. Part. Mm. Can we start again? Or Pleased to Meet You by Trapped Under Ice. Pleased to Whoa. meet you. It's not close for me. I've, you shake my so hand. I've, I've seen. Say pleased to meet you. Look I've seen. Can we start eyes. again? Really light, light up a room. Yeah. And I mean, you've never seen a bigger reaction to a, a song. I think. Yeah, that's. Or, uh, yeah, well, it's massive. Until Bob put on that show. <laughs> Yo, the, the, but those 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 reactions to the Bane. Can we start again? Like, at like a regular show. Is any any time. It was only hate breathe topped it. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My personal preference is is I love that TUI sing along. It's great. It's perfect. Oh man! Uh, so that's where I'm going to go. But uh, shout out to Bane for like you could have a hundred people in a room or twelve hundred people in a room, and that song is popping off no matter what. That's the that's the loudest moment of the uh, evening. Period. Yeah. And it was recorded so strangely. Like I don't know when was the last time you actually heard the the recorded version. Not since we did a listen through. I haven't I haven't pranked Amanda with it in a long time, so uh, it's been. A, but it is very because, it's like, very weird the, the the beginning of it with that whole long kind of thing. Ah, oh, things we say, and it sounds like Bedard's in like a, in another room. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not like the it, the song doesn't start like you've heard it live. It no. starts off with some someone singing the lyrics in a high pitched voice to like a later part of the song, and he's kind of like. He sounds like he's in the kitchen, be like, hey, do we have any ice cream left? <laughs> Go back and listen to it. It sounds like I think hey, you're babe, right. we run out of ice think cream. You're right. Yeah. All right, Patrick. But yeah, I would I would say pleased to meet you because that's a part that I want to write myself because it's that great. Patrick, you're up. I'm up. Let's see what I got. Um oh, my next question is too big to be contained here now that I'm thinking of it. So we might Okay, that can be done at a different time or place. Yeah, I think it's like its own. Too big. Yeah, to it's be like a big, big question. You yeah. want to tease or no? Yeah, let's sure. let's no. Let's save the tease for the end of the episode. No. Okay. Wow, we're teasing the tease. Mendici's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mendici. <laughs> Do you have a normal one, Pat? Or no? <laughs> oh no, I don't. I don't have a normal. Do you have a non-Pat? All right, all right I, I'll go up now, and then Patrick can can go after he gets a chance to think. Um, most underrated '90s label: New Age, Initial, or Ebullition? Fuck. There's others. I figured I'd just list those three to to kind of bear. yeah yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go Ebullition. Interesting. I like more stuff on New Age, but I feel like Ebullition created its own, had far more impact on the scene at the time. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I would need a time machine to confirm, but I, I feel like, I feel like all New the Age, heart attack bands. I mean, New Age had a lot of impact on what I think about it on what I listen to, though, you know? New Age, uh, New Age has when a you lot go to of New Age, it's, We can talk about that for sure. It definitely does. Oh, but I think it might percent. get. I think it might get more acknowledgement than Evolution does. You know. Oh, what I mean? that's a fact. Right, we're talking about underrated. Yeah, okay, sure. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
So most. Of I mean, initial was huge at the at the at the end of the nineties. It was fucking gigantic. But but I don't think now we hear a lot of initial records talk. You know at all I mean? at all. No no. So here let's let's do a quick. We're not going to dive here, but we're going to kind of skim our toes. So abolition quickly. Downcast struggle. Spitboy, Econo Christ. Man, a lot of Econo Christ. Uh, they did the Moss Icon, <laughs> re- like re release, Failure Face 7 Inch, Fuel, the XXX, Some Ideas Are Poisonous Comp, Los Crudo Spitboy Split, Exignota, Manumission, Sea uh, and Red, The Monster X Record, Bleed. Amber in, Submission Hold, Torches to Rome, Bread and Circuits, Yafet Kodo, Reversal of Man, Orchid, Bread and Circuits, Daltonic, Severed Head of State. A lot State. of big stuff yeah, for that scene. It's Countdown to Push, uh, Submission Hold. Yeah, there's there's a mix here. Um, got a hand in the From Ashes Riser. So shout out to Abolition. Um, I mean, New Age had the biggest bands of the three. I think so, too. Until initial hit a certain point, because like I'm looking at initial initial starts in '92. You know they're they're there early, but yeah, but it's like okay, what's the biggest point? Let's go. Um, Pitbull, guilt, and Kindle falling forward, guilt. Kindle, it might have been that voice that's fire. Right? Yeah, I think so too. Despair, the despair thing was big. Despair too. Elliot, those Elliot records, Slugfest, Boys That's Fire. The Rev ones were bigger though. Yep, Ink and Dagger, Drive the Seven Inch, uh, Boys That's Fire, Day One Song went out. Ooh. The Enkindles, Metro Shifter, Boy Sets Fire, do, 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 Jazz June, Metro Shifter, a lot of Metro Shifter, um, Silent Majority. Yeah. Yeah. Movie Life. Okay. Interesting. So these are three. What was the Movie Life record? Movie Life record is, yeah, Self Destruct. Self Destruct. Self Destruct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Planes mistaken for star. Oh, that's just part of the black, back on black. Um, yo, three record labels that seemed in their own ways. New Age was fading by the late nineties, more so than Initial or Abolition. Abolition had carved their own world with the dis- distribution stuff and Heart Attack. And Initial, I mean, they kind of had their whole like. If you got a very distribution catalog you knew all about everything that had initial records on it. You That's know what I mean? So, uh, but, but three records of those labels. Now you definitely hear the most about new age. Um, and you don't hear as much about the other two. Interesting. Patrick, do you have a question? Uh, during all that talk, I formed one and now it's gotten away from me. Hold on. Let's see. I, I'm, I'm currently on the cave in Wikipedia and I believe I had a cave in question, but, uh, we went left for a second. All right, Tom, you go now. I ran out. Okay. Uh, here's another one. <laughs> this one will fill the void. Sorry. No problem. Uh, we'll do one more and then try to get Patrick's. Um, Philadelphia Hardcore Titans mini tournament. I need I need a fourth here. Tom, I want your help with the fourth. Okay. Blacklisted, Ink and yep. Dagger, All Else yep. Failed. I need a uh-huh. fourth. Turmoil. Turmoil. Okay, perfect. It's either paint it black or turmoil. I put Mother of Mercy because I have some affinity there, but but you're right. Turmoil. I love Mother of Mercy too. fits there. There's a f- few others. We, we, we shit on Philly f- frequently, but we also try to give it to him. Patrick and Tom, both of you are involved here, but um, especially for Patrick because I know he's got some affinity for these acts. 
Patrick, blacklisted versus turmoil. It's blacklisted. All right. Ink and dagger versus all else failed. It's all else failed. Ink and dagger versus turmoil. It's God. That's tough. I like both bands quite a bit. I'm going to say ink and dagger probably has more songs. And blacklisted versus all else failed. This that's a coin flip. How are you feeling today? Today is a blacklisted day. Okay, Tom. Blacklisted or turmoil? Blacklisted. Ink and dagger or all else failed? Ink and dagger. All's failed or turmoil? Turmoil. Blacklisted hmm. or ink and dagger? Ink and dagger. Okay, I think I'm going to go blacklisted, ink and dagger, turmoil, all else failed. Thank you. That was our yeah, Philadelphia was Hardcore dagger. Olympics. Okay, I have Your a question. question. I have a Mother question. Mercy was number five, though. Uh, Mother Mercy might slide into my top three. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that stuff, but yes. Here, Hi, Bob. Here's my question, though. You're going to have to, I think I'm becoming senile and you're going to have to tell me if we had this discussion at length or if I dreamt it. Likely. We've only talked for 1,000 hours. I like the idea that you might be dreaming about our hardcore podcast, though. (laughs) Who had the best rock period of their career? Did we talk about this? Because the answer is clearly cave in, even though I don't like the rock period. But. I feel like Bob. Do you stand by one of these youth yeah, crew Jupiter. bands later? Shit, oh, did I make oh, that up? Oh, youth crew. No. Oh, no. You're. T- you might be thinking about Fast Break, um, <laughs> but it doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. You know what I mean? Okay. Cave in Jupiter is just a legitimately good record. Fast Break. Whenever you're ready, uh, I will argue if it came out in 2009, it would have been huge in 1999, 2000. Yep. Um. There's a couple horn parts on there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They were too uh, like just too early. Yeah, yeah, too early. Miss, missed, missed. Had they been five years later, they might have caught some of the like set your goals types. A hundred percent. Had they been ten years later, they would have caught the run for cover audience. Uh, they were the late '90s youth crew revival was not interested in their pivot. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah, it's Jupiter. It's, it's Caven. They, they pivoted best. They were such talented players. I think, I think even people who were mad, like I have to assume there were, there were some Caven fans who were just straight up mad. Like you gave me, you know, this, you give me until your heart stops and now I'm here. But I think that even the most ardent fan, ardent, like lover of until your heart stops had to pay respect to how competent jupiter was that's the thing i never encountered a hater and i i I might be the biggest hater so i i think that that's like yeah you're close (laughs) Um, i mean i think at the time people were like oh man i really like those mosh parts but like this is still pretty good and also they sort of eased into it i feel like until your heart stops was out for like a year before they were like yo we are over this shit yeah here's like here's an ep of like a failure cover and a fucking of burning down the billboards acoustic fucking song. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like I think they, they eased people into the, you know, and I think seeing them live, it's like, uh, you guys don't really totally like you're doing this. Cause you feel like you have to, right. But you're not stoked yeah, on playing. these yeah, songs they, they primed the pump for the change. So it yes, wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have, 
have three more questions. They're all pretty easy and fun. So let me do these. And if either of you has anything to chime in, stop me before. Uh, stop me. Oh, s- please stop me. Um, uniform Go choice ahead. or infest? Infest. And w- when's the last time you listened infest. to either? Okay. Both going uh, to infest. I listened to infest two months ago. Uniform choice. <laughs> Uh, 10 years i don't fucking know unless okay. we had to listen for really that long unless we had to listen for a year in hardcore i a uniform choice yet. i know you guys have a spot for this i don't like musically though i i i know you, you say you, this. Mu- you uh, might need to listen to no, you might be change right. just musically you might like, be right i might try yeah. to isolate the the vocal off of it so you can listen to the music cuz i think there's parts of it that would really really pull at you but can you understand that at one time they represented everything i wasn't interested in of course and i think the vocal styling even to this day might not gel with you you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um i might change my i'm gonna go back i'm gonna change i'm gonna say uniform choice yeah yeah i love them both but like infest it's like it's a time and place it's not, not something you just always like, just like pop on, but like you could pop on Screaming for Change. Yeah, Screaming for Change does have, I mean, both are stone cold classics to me. Both are part of my, like, 100%. my full canon and like just love, love, love. Yeah. Um, Uniform Choice, I probably haven't listened to in a little while longer. I've listened to both in the last two years for sure, but Infest is, especially when I think about like the Infest canon, like the second Infest, the, the No Man's Slave LP is so good. But it and I know it pretty well because it came out when I was in a hardcore, so I like got it and listened to it like a new record. But the classic, you know, the Slave LP, the the EPs, I had that all on a tape. So like, I would listen to that. I've listened to that material a lot, you know, a lot, lot. So uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know where I go on that. I think tonight's mood is I'm taking in fest, but I love both so much. So I, I was curious about that one. All right. Um, two more quick ones. Rank them from the top. Tease of the modern era. Title fight. Touche Amore. Turnstile. Trapped under ice. Oh, you- right, I'm gonna have to write this. <laughs> Title fight. Trapped under ice. Turnstile. Touche Amore. I'm going. Um, trapped under ice as my favorite of those. Okay. Followed by, fuck, yeah. I'm I'm very curious. I'm very curious where both of you are going on this. Actually, yeah. Because okay, well let's let's let's. I'll do the thing for Tom and I. I uh, we respect all these bands a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. For everyone, these are four yeah. bands that we all are keeping lots of praise on. These are four very important and cool bands. We group then, them together because they all begin with T's, and they've all been relevant in the last decade. So. And this also puts me in a situation because TUI is the only band that hasn't done shit for me. Uh, the other three have all <laughs> have all done something to put my bands on. You know, like sometimes put themselves out to put my bands on. For sure. Um, but TUI definitely has my favorite sound. Okay, so, so you're giving TUI the first one because you're going to shit on everyone who's helped you. So go yeah. ahead from there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> from the top, I'm taking the band who hasn't helped me. <laughs> yeah. 
right, right. These other bands have gone out of their way and bent over backwards to help me out. I, I mean, honestly. That being said, fuck so them. They're up for the silver silver medal contest here. Let's go. I mean, t- Title Fight was one of the first bands to really fucking put fuck their neck out. End of it year? Was, yeah. It yeah. was first Bane. It, first, it was Bane who put their neck out. And then it was fucking Title Fight. Two bands that were way bigger than my band and mm-hmm. really, like, you know, for whatever reason, were cool. For so. Sure. So I, I never want to disrespect any of these people. No, it's no no disrespect to any of this. All right, then fuck it. It's going to you. I turn style, uh, touche, uh, uh, title fight. Wow. Okay. Tom. I would just like to go on record that I hate these questions. <laughs> and that tough. hardcore and punk rock is not a competition. Oh, so but everybody um, got to know. This is... We're, we're t- we're just choosing which candy bar we want to eat first. We love all the candy. This is all we didn't we yeah, didn't I mean, put no stinker if, in the bunch here. If we were doing the top ten bands of the era, these would be four of them. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no question. And like I, I chose these four because we've also heaped lots of praise on all these bands at some yeah, point, and, one way or the and other, and like whatever. There's they're also it, I like I, I'm less nervous about this one than when I get put in a situation where it's like two small bands. These bands don't need me to like them at no. all. You know what I mean? So fuck it. No, that's fair. We've caveated. It okay. So here's what, here's my, here's my thing. All right. So we know TUI mm-hmm. just cause they scratch my NYHE itch. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going to go turnstile. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go tie to fight. Then I'll go touche, yep. but it's funny. I liked the, Turnstile and Touche's most recent stuff is my favorite stuff by them. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And TY and Title Fight, I prefer some of the older stuff to the newer stuff. Right. Yeah. Because mm. I wanted to note, like, you, All great. you, you've mentioned that last Touche LP as being like, that was a top record for it's you. It's my favorite right, by them. Right. You really liked it. Yeah. I, yeah. Mine is Title Fight, TUI, Turnstile, Touche. Uh, all very tight. So shout out. Great, great T bands. Yes. All right. And now final question, but then we've got a little surprise at the end of this episode. Whew. I know this one's all right. So, so this isn't about best or most important or coolest or favorite. This is who is the most, who is, and we're going to start one, one that's easy because and it's not necessarily easy, but you'll get the concept the easiest and then we'll be able to apply it. Who is the most New York hardcore band? So the most New York hardcore band. I'm going Agnostic Front. I mean, I would say Agnostic Front. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is Madball... Even though, like, Roger's not from New York. Right. Is Madball more New York than AF? It's close. Okay. Actually, I'm going to say... Well, Matt Henderson's from Minnesota. I'm going to say Murphy's Law is right in there. Murphy's Law is a good that's one. True. I mean, because I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to be too geographic because there's going to be stuff that's like, you know, Rogers from across the bridge, but if, he's from Cuba, well, he's from Cuba and then he lived that's in a long, fucking, that's a long bridge. Well, he was from Cuba. Then he lived in Passaic. Yeah. He lives in Jersey and you know, um, so, but I think Agnostic, but Con I feel like Vinny right is as New- Vinny's yeah. so New York. Cause Vinny, yeah. He's the most New York. Him and Jimmy Gestapo are the most New York. Yeah. Or Jimmy G. Fred, Jimmy. Freddie's pretty New York. Yo, Freddie's on, pretty real New quick. York. Real quick, I forget that that's a thing. Does that make me old? Yes. What his name? Yeah, yeah. But that's because Jimmy G. It makes you old. The Gestapo part because that was the thing yeah. that was for so long that you were so accustomed to it that it's hard 
to not. That was his last name. Yeah. When, but when did it? Like Stigma's not. Yeah. Stigma's not Vinny's it, last name. What? <laughs> what? No. Shocking. Wait, but my, I guess what my question is, I saw, uh, you know, I, I guess Jimmy did an interview recently and it, and it said Jimmy G and I said, oh yeah. Now, am I, when yes, did that, makes you old. when did that change really? I don't know. Last couple of years. Yeah. yeah okay. Let's say, let's say five years ago. Okay. I mean, because it, it's like I feel like the old name and Dresher. Some there were times they were interchangeable. Mm. Like people know his last name as Jimmy Dresher. Sure. Like it's not like for sure, not, not a secret for sure. Like no one knows Vinny's last name. No. Um, I mean, you do if you have the records. That's right. All right, so so that I think we're all in agreement. Agnostic Front seems like the easiest answer. Murphy's Law is a good answer. I really think yes. Madball because you know. Freddie's pretty New oh, York yeah. song, New York City. Like, it's pretty good. Um, who's the most LA hardcore band? Most LA hardcore band. There's a part of me that wanted to say Black Flag, but that makes me think punk. Um, you know what's funny? I love LA much more than I love New York. But when right, you yeah. say but when you say what's the most LA band? I feel like I'm insulting someone. Oh, like you're because you're applying Los Angeles to them. I, that's part of it, though, is wherever you're going, they're take because these next ones are the same thing. People, one person's badge of pride is another person's kick me sign, you know? Yeah. You know what? I mean, in more, cur- I mean, current, not really current, but more recent times. Terror repped LA a lot. Terror repped LA a lot. Yes. I was going to say rotting out. Rotting out. Yep. Yeah. In terms of like the 80s, there's not, I mean, I think for LA hardcore, like, I feel like it's, it's, youth, Brig- it's youth Brigade. Y- yeah. Youth Brigade is the only one that I can say is like properly LA, but they don't feel LA to me, even though they no. are to their core, right? Like, I think if you go, if you go 80s, you it's got like Redondo it. near, is that, yeah. is that considered LA? Yeah, South Bay's all LA. Like the Strand? Yeah, that's yeah, all, yeah. but but I mean, that's Black Flags from the South Bay too, you know? So, I, I feel like you have to, like if you go in 80s, you gotta say Black Flag, but it feels like they have, it's almost too hard. We're, we'll talk about this on a Patreon episode that you'll hear before you hear this one. Um, I feel like you have to go more recently. Do, do we throw out stuff like, yo? When I thought of California hardcore in the '90s, I thought of Strife. Yes, they're not totally LA because they were from like Westlake Village and shit, like Thousand Oaks. Yeah, and they, right, and they never fully repped um, Los Angeles LA hardcore, hardcore till till more. You know, I think they rep it a little bit now. Um, Internal Affairs rep the LA thing. Carry on never really they repped SoCal in general. I think you gotta go rotting out or terror. Yeah. Okay. Um, two more really quick. Who is the most Midwest hardcore band? <sighs> of the before times, uh I mean we always say negative, negative approach. approach, right? Yeah. Has nineties, probably by the grace of God. Okay. Interesting pick. Okay, yeah. And then of the more current times, I would probably say Knock Loose. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, are there any 90s, like more heavy leaning bands that come into the conversation? Like, I can't register Harvest, Harvest was the one I was going to ask about. 
Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Midwest is like to me like it's tough. As, it's as much as I've traveled the country, I can't really formulate it. To me, like the Midwest is everywhere from like Idaho to like Erie. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you, but it's not. No, Midwest is Minnesota. Follow the straight line down to including Arkansas, but not totally over to Tennessee. But Tennessee's the south. You can include Kentucky, but that's on the line all the way to the edge of Pennsylvania. So Ohio to Minnesota in the north and as far south as Missouri. Um, then you get into like the plain states of Kansas, et cetera. Then you get into the mountain time zone. That's That feels different. Um, I agree. S is oh. – would they? Would you consider them Midwest? Yeah, I would. Kansas? Yep. Kansas City? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Kansas City, Missouri. They were very – they talked about like corn and stuff. So that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and final one, who is the most Northwest hardcore band? Um, th- th- I'm going to say Botch. Undertow? No, Undertow. Be I mean, to band. me, it would be Undertow, but Botch is probably, in the grand scheme of things, probably a little bigger. Oh, bigger for sure. But, <laughs> but I, I would... I, I don't know, man. Who's rep- Undertow in the 90s. Pretty fucking big. Oh, no, I, I got no doubt, but I think, I think Botch kind of like... They had a legacy. I mean, it's it's dried up the last couple of years, but they had a legacy for like ten years of like people talking about. Bot- Remember how much people used to talk about botch? It was annoying. So I, they missed their window for the big reunion for sure. By the way, everybody, if you have made it this far into the podcast and you are a member of a defunct band, you have a window. I'm talking to someone specifically now. Jump on it. If you want to do jump on, if it. you want to do, I don't believe in getting back together, but I know you do. So get on it. Um, Can you text us who you're talking about? I'm really curious. We'll catch it offline. Uh, there's some other answers me? here, but yo, shout out, shout out to the Northwest. Shout out to the Midwest brotherhood. Yo, brother. Shout out to Sunday real yeah, estate. Fuck yeah. Oh, the, uh, yo, hold yeah. on. They're all hardcore. Wait a second. Soldier. Fuck yeah. Wait a second. Can we do a, Sunny Day Real Estate, Texas is the reason. Can we do the that that emo vein and yeah. our listeners will be with it? Can we do an episode? 100% we can. Sure. Let's, let's do the that. dive. Coming soon. Mm. But right now... Well, I have a question. Yes. Sorry, before we go. Well, we can wait for another time. No, so, um, Why not? Friend of the pod... Mm-hmm. Kate from Philly mm-hmm. was asking, and this is a good question. When, what was the first band you remember repping an area code? Mm. Uh, straight Hato edge. To me, my X answer, Hato 4. Ooh, Hato 4. Yeah. My answer was Candiria. What were they, 908? No, they were 718. They had a mosh oh. call that was like, he literally went 718. And this is like 1995. <laughs> I mean, 804 named. Yeah, I mean, they had a band named after it. Yeah. So that makes sense, too. But, but like, I don't remember it being like a thing. Like, it wasn't like, no, but you know, like Black Flag 818 or whatever. No, the fuck, you know? no, no, no. <laughs> like, whatever the hell it was. Uh, 90s into late 90s. I think it became a thing. Right. Yeah. The, the Cabal through locales. Sure. But like, oh, Cabal. Yeah. Cabal brought it in. Um that might actually be it. I think Cabal helped start it because because the first thing I thought of was SEM. So, 
X seven three two X. Shout out to the stream. Yeah, we're gonna go three one five. Yeah, we're gonna go three one five. Guys, uh, I'd like to say thank you for joining us, everyone, and enjoy. Thanks, everyone. Soul blind live on Axe to Grind. Oh, mm, that was good. Amazing. Welcome to Axe to Grind. This is live on Axe to Grind. I'm Bob, and joining me today is Soul Blind. What's up, dudes? How you doing? What's up? How's going man? on? <laughs> How was the drive down from the Hudson Valley? It was light. Yeah, Sunday nice morning. That's nice. Easy. A little bit of snow where I live, but get in front of the mic. Come here. A little bit of snow where I live, but okay. nothing too bad. It was snowing for you. This yeah, morning. yeah. <sighs> so that's the big difference between the Jersey Shore and the Hudson Valley. Is on the same day it can be snowing there for you. It's like fifty here for yeah. sure. That. That coastal yeah. do you, so do you fuck with snow if you that question is like a weird snow. one yes or no i like snow uh i like snow for the first month i'm with justin snow so, for the first month so if you could have it or not are you having it yes or no i'm, I'm fuck having no. it no, no. So got one yes no. one no i'm gonna go with yes okay it's magical it makes shit, me feel good pretty <laughs> it's really um, pretty the Hudson Valley is a place we talk about a lot. Is there anything you think people who aren't from there don't understand? Uh, I think you just have to live there. I don't know why anyone would move there, like living somewhere else. Right. Uh, but it's cool. I don't know. <laughs> people come here because the leaves change and shit. Uh, it's, you can see that anywhere. But, There's apples you know, to pick. Apple orchards. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so what's your go-to apple dish? Hmm. Apple pie. pie. Apple pie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was too easy. Yeah. Right. yeah. Turnover. Yeah. Okay. So Roll. other than apple pie, he's going turnover. Sure. Other than apple pie. Apple crisp. Apple crisp. Oh, that's that's good. Apples. So tell me a little <laughs> let's talk a little bit about so I just raw. I, I like it raw. Yeah, bro. Tell me mm. a little bit about Soul Blind. How long you guys been around? That uh, stuff. About like two and a half years, something like that. Okay. Um only have like three releases out. Nice. Gonna keep going. Keep, this year, this year's gonna be more. Very yes. excited yes, about sir. it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Got any big plans for summer 2020? Uh, no summer yet. Um, we're going out to uh, Texas in March. Oh, nice. For like a week, we're planning. Um, it's like a cool show in Dallas. Uh, what, what's it called? What's the fest? Not, so what? Not so fun fest. Not, not so, so fun. fun. Yeah. Not so fun. Right. True. Yeah. Edo and Gulch and Regional Justice Center. Oh, no right. And no right. Boop, Fuck boop. you. But uh, sonically, you guys are not like a hardcore band. Would you say you're a hardcore band or no? I would say we're soul blind. (laughs) (laughs) But we got so what do we got? We got a Radiohead shirt, a Judiciary shirt, and an Akulu shirt. Got got to be well versed. Well versed, diverse musical style. If you had to describe your music to my mailman, Mm. (laughs) what would you tell him? Uh, heavy guitar rock. Uh. Clean vocals. Maybe he don't know about some hard vocals. So like I don't know. Just like light singing. It's nice. It's it's enjoyable. You, you could you could put it on at like TJ Maxx. <laughs> this is Soul Blind.